Oh, great initiative by the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Empowering the Jamaican people to become financially literate. Hey, keep up the good work. Informative and valuable content that is so easy to follow along. I've learned so much from the Jamaica Stock Exchange and new podcast. You're tuned in to the Jamaica Stock Exchange and New Podcast, a podcast of the Jamaica Stock Exchange, hosted by Henneke Watkins-Porter, demystifying the capital market. Your path to understanding wealth starts now. Welcome to another episode of the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You podcast. I am your host, Henneke Watkins Porter. Now, as the world sits by wondering if we're all having a bad dream and hoping to wake from it post-haste, we are forced to face the consequences of a pandemic which doesn't seem to have an end in sight. One of the main areas that has taken a huge hit from its wrath is our finances. As an investor, no doubt, you would have had to take a good look at the asset classes you have within your portfolio as you contemplate the inevitable losses you would have observed in some categories. So in this week's episode, we are exploring rationalizing your portfolio in a pandemic. And to take us through that is Shelian Morgan, Manager, Investment Client Services at Sagicor. Welcome, welcome, Shelion. Thank you, Henico. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled it's, to be here. It's a pleasure to have you, and I trust that your day has been going great. It has. All right. So I'm excited to venture into this topic with you to talk about rationalizing your portfolio. But before we even go into the meat of the matter, I think it's prudent that we start at the very beginning, the basic. So what exactly is portfolio rationalization? All right. When I think about portfolio rationalization, I'm thinking about analyzing or justifying the portfolio return justifying the performance of your portfolio. And as you said, in a pandemic. Now, there are many ways that we could have approached this. But for me, it means that I'm looking at the composition of the portfolio. What is in that portfolio of yours, right? And then comparing that to the risk and the return. For example, if it was in line with your expectation, for example, say you had an expectation at the start of that portfolio to earn 5% or it was higher at 10%. If it was in line with your expectation, I mean that you met that expectation, then there will be no adjustments to be made now, even although we're in a pandemic, because that was your expectation. If, however, that was not your expectation, then definitely the reverse is true, and then you should be looking to rationalize and, if anything, realign your portfolio to maximize the earning potential. Make sure that every dollar invested is working at its maximum for you. All right. No. So before you continue, before you go any further, I don't want to bother your chain of thought right there or anything. But before we talk about rationalization, obviously, we would have had to prioritize and evaluate, right, before we get to being able to rationalize. Am I correct? Um, yes, I would say that explanation, but I would even go a little bit further or a step back to say at the start of any portfolio, you should be rationalizing. You should have an objective as to what your expected outcome is going to be, what is the risk tolerance 
you know, what is the risk that you're willing to take on that portfolio investment? Mm -hmm. So we're talking so, about risk so, and return. <laughs> definitely. So by virtue of that, it could also imply priorities are also implied. So for example, if you were saying your priority was to save towards your your children's education, which is in college education, for example, which is in five or seven years, or for your own education, you are going back to school to do a master's or a PhD, or you're trying to acquire some sort of large asset like a home, you know, or a second home, or you're trying to go to be an entrepreneur and you're trying to get out of what is traditionally called, you know, corporate and you want to go on your own. So those two are prioritization and would have been covered when it is that you were starting that portfolio. Mm -hmm. And would also imply the level of risk that you are going to apply to the investment, right? The level of return that you are expecting out of it. So definitely when it comes down to finance and investments and even portfolio, whether it's rationalization or the build-up and composition, I mean, those two terms, weighting parameters are very important and will always be there. We have to consider them when we're talking about prioritization. All right. So to pick up from where you left off before I digress a bit. <laughs> sure. So you mentioned prioritization. If When you consider that, the more the risk, right, that you are willing to take, the higher is the return that you are also going to be expecting as compensation. Now, if when you, I'm not sure if you always did this, chances are you didn't always do this podcast that you're doing. Chances are you were probably traditional route where you were employed in some form of traditional form of um, employment. And chances are you're correct. <laughs> and chances are at some point in time, you'd have had to weigh those risks and what your expected return is when you are thinking of stepping out, right? So risk and return is not just about a portfolio of investments, you know, in a traditional sense. It's applied to our life, you know, and our livelihoods. I mean, how we, we, we train our thoughts, we train our children, you know, the steps that we take when we're looking to expand or not. All right. So pretty much, like I said, the more the risk you are willing to take, right, the more you are expecting to be compensated for it, right, for taking on that risk. So, for example, Henneke, if you had an expectation that you wanted to earn 20% in 2020. And that was in the pandemic year when we had the start of the pandemic year. And I, not as risky as you are, right? I don't want to take on all of that. I am more I think we're going to shift it, reverse it a bit, but anyway. Uh, I'm not going to see here. <laughs> and I wanted to earn 8%, then that doesn't automatically mean that you are a better investor, right? Or that the portfolio that you would have taken on is, is better either. It just means that it just means that you really want to take on more risk than me and that your risk is paying off or your risk has been paying off. Now, you probably had a higher risk tolerance, meaning that, you know, you say, you know, Shelly, I have a hundred dollars and I want to put all of my hundred dollars in investment A. And I was saying, you know what, I'm Henneke. You know, I don't think I can afford to risk my hundred dollars enough. So I'm just going to put twenty dollars there. Um, in investment A and my my eighty dollars, I'm probably going to put. I don't want to under the bed. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put it in a lower investment. So it's just about our risk tolerance because I can't afford. I'm just not comfortable with that. That's just me, right? And, and lower investment, you mean by lower investment, you mean lower with a lower rate of return? With a lower rate. Well, and let's thank you for that because remember that the higher the risk, the higher the expected rate of return. You know, the lower the risk you should also have a lower expected of return. That's not what I normally see or hear though. So I'm very glad that you brought that up, mm -hmm. right? 
So I would say it doesn't mean that your portfolio is better than mine, really. It just means that you are expecting a higher return. Also, it doesn't mean that your 20% was always going to happen, right? It really could have backfired because it's a risk and we don't know what the expected return, what the real return will be until we get to the end of that investment. So in essence, risk can also be considered to be both a threat and an opportunity. And looking at COVID, more persons will also, I'm hoping that they do, that's my view, that it's also an opportunity and there's also threats there. And that's why most persons have been using the buzzword about pivoting. Right. Mm -hmm. So risk in general terms really is seen as some threat or loss, normally investment losses. Right. But basically, there are really two types of risk when we think about finance and investment. We're thinking about like like a systemic risk, which is like a market risk. Right. And then we're thinking about the opposite of that, where you face when you're investing in probably like a particular sector or investment. Now, the biggest risk, however, an investor will face is the risk of losing his or her money. Just wanted to point out that COVID-19 will be considered to be a systemic risk because it refers to an event or some news that, that can affect the entire economy. And we're seeing where it's not just Jamaica that has been affected, but it's the global economy. I mean, whatever is happening here, maybe on a, a smaller scale, but also because we're a smaller country and we don't have the wealth of other nations, it seems to be that much bigger. And it's very similar, even if we were to size it up or down across the globe. Length and breadth, we're speaking about India, we're speaking of Japan, we're talking about the powers of um, Europe, we're speaking about in the USA. So we're all experiencing the same thing. And these events almost always, and we have seen it where it has affected all the stocks, yet not necessarily in the same way. So like I said, the biggest risk that any one of us um, faces is a loss of, of losing our money that's a big thing yeah that's a threat yeah and it is real so whether you earn 20 percent on your money and you earn two million dollars in interest and i earn eight percent or even i earn 20 percent of my money and it was not in the same class my 20 percent could have yielded eight hundred thousand or two hundred thousand i mean any threat or loss that's a big thing mm -hmm. so like i was saying to you i mean that in rationalization it's just about the justification of it right mm -hmm. And you may find persons maybe scrambling to do a lot of things, exiting the investment, pulling the money from the investment, which may have other costs. And you have to look at that. And so we're talking about rationalization. It could be where, in some instances, they will be doing nothing, right? And I did speak earlier about based on the expectation. So, I mean, not all investments, like I said, yield the same thing because you can't compare apples with bananas oranges or bananas okay in terms of the asset classes let's look in terms of that when we're thinking about rationalization so whether it's a combination of unit trusts bond stocks whatever it is now is a time like for example i can use myself as an example so you know i've invested in some of those unit trusts with of course with sagicor as well and in recent times i find myself every day Although I'm investing, I've invested for the long term, but I find myself really looking at the units, some of the units dropping. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to take my money and run. But if I know if I do that right now, I would have been, you know, making a loss and stuff like that. So what are some of the, the mindsets that we perhaps need to address and some of the advice that you can give as it relates to just even, you know, evaluating the various asset classes that we're part of that okay. forms part of our portfolio? All right. So we spoke about the biggest risk to any investor is losing the principal. I mean, losing anything, losing any interest. To prevent this from happening, you can choose to invest one in safer assets, right? 
and we spoke about risk and return um, instead of risk assets, right? This would also reduce the your expected return. Some assets, however, are considered to be virtual risk-free. And it causes me to go into the concept of diversification. Right. You know, right. Diversification to me is very simple because it is really the spread of risk across different asset classes. And every day we diversify in our lives. If you're in school, you are choosing to do more than one subject. Persons are choosing to do a combination of stuff. Um, academic and co-curricular or academic and physical, we will have more than one jobs, that kind of a thing. So basically, it's really about reducing the level of risk on your portfolio. And as much as possible, not to reduce the returns. And as your grandmother or mother might have said is, do not put your eggs in one basket, right? Correct. So, <laughs> now, just wanted to point out to you that even though we're, we're talking about rationalizing, we would have understood that it's not a normal occurrence, right? We did not see coming. Uh, we would, we could have planned for it. And some industries were not, can I say, very, very affected by it. Some were extremely affected. Some are still very stable and there are still opportunities. And I spoke earlier about risk and return and that in everything, there's always an opportunity or can be considered to be a threat. So I just wanted to say that um, we would have been encouraging our clients right, that we're not panicking, although we're in a pandemic. We would have been saying that if you are a long-term investor, and you kind of brought this up, um, Henneke, that if you are a long-term investor, me to long-term investor, I mean, and again, if your expectation is being met, then we are recommending that you do nothing, that you just hold strain, not watch the prices changing every day, Henneke, right? <laughs> That's never good right and then that you hold strain believe in why you started because that profiling or that discovery that happens at the beginning of the investment is important not just for us as financial advisors well we call ourselves wealth advisors here at Sagico investments but also for you the investor it's very very important that's where you're going to get a comfort from in a time like this in a time like uh, a pandemic now, what I would say is if you have a medium to long-term objective, which we encourage persons to have, right, then whatever is happening now, we expect that all things being equal, that there will be a reverse, there will be a reduction, there will be a stabilization. And we're already seeing some signs of that happening in the global uh, market. Also in Jamaica, by virtue of what the Minister of Finance would have shared, the BOJ governor would have shared that we're seeing some small signs there. And we expect that we expect that this will happen and um, will continue. Okay, so if it is that you're long term, we expect the market to rebound much as it would be for any other political or economic situation. Example, a general election, a war, a recession, and in this case, the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. So your your advice at this time as a financial advisor is actually to just wait it out? Yes, to hold strain for those persons who your expectations are being met. Good advice. Wait it out. Wait it out. Just hold strain and see what happens because we will rebound and we, you know, we have to have faith in our economy and we have to have faith in, in the financial advisors of the various institutions. But not only that, that the world itself will rebound from what is happening and there's going to be a trickle down effect. So we can have that hope, right? And yes. we would have seen happen before when we had the mortgage crisis earlier, uh, I think it was 2010. We'd have seen the world recession before and almost always after any big pandemic, any big recession, we have seen the markets rearing back their heads and coming back. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying, I mean, whilst we're doing that, 
it's always good for you to diversify and to be diversified. And like I said, not to keep all your eggs in one basket. In one basket. And, and final thoughts. Okay. I was just going to say that. But those persons who were diversified in 2020, although the markets were, uh, you use the word, <laughs> but they were plummeting, those persons were not adversely affected. And even if they would have lost some of their, their interests, right, we are still seeing where those are the portfolios that are rebounding the fastest. And then we have some persons, and we encourage this, that you be consistent in your saving, right? You've been added, whether it's by salary reduction or you're just coming in very often, whether it's monthly or quarterly and adding. Those persons who are taking advantage, there's a concept called, you know, dollar cost averaging, where they are also spreading their risk and they don't have assets in their portfolio which are moving in the same way. For example, say you had an airline stock and you had a health stock. So like the airline industry is pretty much cyclical. So when the markets are going up and there's an economic boom, then a lot of travel takes place, right? And the airline industry booms. Now that is not happening now in the pandemic or last year. We would have seen where the airline industry has been falling off and there's a slowdown in travel. For example, say you had in that portfolio the airline industry and some healthcare stock. Now the healthcare stock would probably move in the opposite direction. So now we're seeing where those stocks are doing very well, right? So if you had those two in your portfolio, that would have considered to be counted as being diversified. And then you wouldn't be adversely affected because while one is moving in one direction, one is moving in the other direction, when it averages out, you are still ahead of your expectation. All right, there's a question I want to touch on. It's not necessarily relating to rationalization, but it's a very controversial issue that came up recently about investing. Can somebody, and it came from, you know, my, my very good friends who run Learn, Grow, Invest, he put something out asking a poll on whether it is that somebody who earns minimum wage can invest and that, you know, 7,000, 7,500 per week can really invest. And we're not talking about saving, but we're talking about investing. And that it just unearthed a can of worms. So from your um, standpoint as a financial advisor, what would you say to that, Shavion? So what I would say is there's no easy road to success. And where there's a will, there's a way. And I mean, you can look at each of ourselves and examine our lifestyles and do that. There are always going to be challenges and we really have to make the very best effort to overcome those. $7,500, yes is is low however there are still opportunities for persons to invest i would say that we look back at our earnings look back at our expenses and see what is there that we can cut we can reduce we can abstain from because i mean if we're very honest with ourselves you'll still find there are some wastages out of seven thousand five hundred dollars um we're humans and we treat ourselves and there's nothing wrong with that but if it is that you recognize that because I have $7,500, it means that I really have to save a lot more. I'm going to have to stay on the necessities. Now, one of the things about investing is that sometimes we are physically looking at investing dollars, whether it's $500 or $5,000 or something like that. However, investing could also be whether it's investing in education or it's in those assets that will revalue positively in the next five to seven years. And it's also literally can be making an investment in uh, an actual asset or product. Surgical investments, we have investments start as low as $500 and US $50. So it is very likely that somebody with 7500 
although it may not seem to be a lot, can be more prudent, can be very strategic, and can save those. So for example, how are you going to find that money to save? Maybe it is that you're going to be, you know what, I'm going to be cutting down on my expenditure on telephone calls, or my consumption of my light, or in the I'm going to be eating out less, and I'm going to be eating in, or I'm going to be bulk buying, or I'm buying. Jenny and somebody in 75 cannot eat out at all. <laughs> I'm telling you that they do. I remember that everything is scaled. So mm -hmm. maybe it is that you won't be going to a high-end restaurant, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be going around the corner and buying box food or um, I don't know, something. But I'm just saying or something. Okay. everything is scaled. And I am not looking down on anyone or looking up because I know that there are persons who I have come across my desk who they are very resolute in that they want more. They would not have had this. They didn't grow up and have this. Their parents never had it, and they're just being it. So it's about being motivated and being disciplined. And I have seen it translated into wealth. I'm not saying it happens overnight, because how can you explain persons being born dirt poor with actual $7,500? Before we had $7,500, it was $3,500 was minimum wage or $4,000. And yet still, they would have been able to move. They would have been able to move from there. It maybe wasn't in five or 10 years, it took them 20 years, but they did. So I do believe it can. I do believe that persons have done it and will continue to do it. So it's like I said, it's, right. about, it's about scaling. And there are products. There are products there. And um, like I said, our unit trust, you are able to start with $500. There's a stock market there where there are also minimums. It might mean putting down the pennies or the $1 until it builds up and then you start. All right. So all those persons on the learn, grow and invest Twitter feed for the minimum wage investing, please go to Sajikor. <laughs> With an investment objective, because some persons come, they start <laughs> and then they don't wait it out. They start, they come back. I mean, it really is about giving up something mm -hmm. now to earn more later and that's very right. important in the i, I in put the, the plug for surgical right there <laughs> all right so shellyon morgan it has been such a pleasure talking with you about portfolio rationalization in this pandemic here i'm going to give you a 30 seconds to just give your final thoughts and also share contact details where our listeners may get in touch with you for further information okay just want to encourage everyone out there that we are in a pandemic, yes, but it's not so much different than anything else. And if you consider it really, I mean, life is almost always a pandemic. There are different degrees because most time persons are running helter skelter. I mean, we always have deadlines, we have expenses, and it's just about life. It is about living and it's always going to happen. But what is more important is how you manage, how you plan, how you prepare, and who do you have in your corner. So make sure that you have a licensed financial advice in your corner that you can have these conversations with. You can always reach out to us at Tragic Investments. We are a broker here and we are trained, we're licensed, we're registered, and we're very interested in creating and helping you to grow your wealth. We can be contacted on sagicorjamaica.com. My number is 7640337. All of our advisors are also on the website. I'm S-H-E-L-L-Y hyphen A-N-N underscore Morgan at sagicor.com. Awesome. 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 My guest today has been Shellyon Morgan, Manager, Investment Client Services at Sagicor. Thank you so much, Shellyon, for spending time with me today. Thank you. The pleasure was mine, Henico.
And thank you, my listener, for tuning in to the Jamaica Stock Exchange and you, a podcast of the Jamaica Stock Exchange with your host, Henneke Watkins-Porter. So please tell me, what's working for you where your portfolio is concerned during this time? We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your feedback at podcast at jamstockx.com or on social media at jamstockx. The Jamaica Stock Exchange and you, it's produced by me, Hennika Watkins Porter of the Entrepreneurial You Podcast. Of course, you can find it at hennikawatkinsporter.com to hear leadership and entrepreneurship lessons from guests like Marlene Street Forrest, Les Brown, Richard Branson, Seth Godin, and a host of others. You may also connect with me on social media, on Twitter or LinkedIn at Hennika Watkins Porter. That's all for now. See you next week. Remember... As Warren Buffett says, rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one, do take care.